sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. It's another fabulous day here in Santa Barbara. We've got a nice break from the weather. And again, our love and respect goes out to all of the first responders. Um, I, I did a, a big hugs and kisses to last construction last week. I also want to add um, action roofing this week. I always like to just pick out a name. I don't have any tie to the company or whatever, except for just the feedback that I've been getting from the community um, as far as their emergency response to help people. So Jacket Action, thank you. The community loves you. You've been around for 30 plus years. I think uh, you put the roof on my house in 87. So there you go. Um, we have a, we've got a great lineup and a lot of, uh, unexpected sports info, uh, uh, results here, um, upsets. And I, I love upsets, upsets. I love, cause I like the underdog, don't I? Yeah. Go Jacksonville. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> right. Uh, there you go. And this is so funny. Just like, kind of just like watching, you know, you know, just kind of remind me of, you know, the goat Brady coming back from, uh, you know, halftime with the last Super Bowl that they were in two Super Bowls again, I guess, uh, against Atlanta. So I thought that was like really kind of cool. All right. There you go. So let's get to sports. All right. In the house, Santa Barbara High School, Don, senior Romy Davies. Talk to me. Thank you, Erica. And hello, everyone. This is Romy Davies, Santa Barbara High School senior reporting back from Santa Barbara, California with this week's SB Dalton Sports Recap. In soccer news, junior Jesus Miranda scored the game-winning goal with five minutes left as the Santa Barbara High boys soccer team earned its first Channel League victory on Saturday, beating Ventura 3-2. Miranda scored two goals for the Dons. His first came early in the game off a pass from Carver Jensen. Playing its third game of the one week, Dons coach Ricardo Acraz made many changes in the lineup. Junior Eli Myers controlled the midfield with his quick touches and vision. When asked about the game, Alcaraz said Eli was very technical tonight. He was our best passer on the team and kept possession and broke lines with accurate passing. In water polo news, the girls unfortunately lost to Deep Both Pueblos in a 10-4 Channel League victory at Santa Rosa High on Friday afternoon. While he was missing a key player sideline with an injury, Santa Barbara coach Mark Walsh said the game plan was to make sure Emma Gilbert, a Harvard commit from DP, was well covered. Now, Santa Barbara is 5-2 in the Channel League and Dos Pueblos is 5-0. In basketball news, the much-improved girls faced DP, who needed some clutch plays down the stretch to escape with 45-40 Channel League win on Thursday night at the J.R. Richards Gym. Santa Barbara kept the match close, with the girls trailing behind by only three, with three minutes and 24 left after back-to-back baskets by Jazz Gordon and Chloe Adams. Butcher is pleased how the Dons are coming together as a team and said of the game, we're playing really good basketball and you can't ask for more. We have only three points back from last year's team total. That's it for this week's SB Dons recap and see you next time. Thank you, Romy. And tell me she doesn't have a career in broadcasting. <laughs> Just tell me. Anybody here? I, I could tell you, but I would be lying. I know she's got that. She's got a different kind of voice. You know what voice she reminds me of? You know when we watch what was it? Eighteen twenty. What was it? Was it uh, eighteen eighty three? Eighteen eighty. Thank you. Eighteen eighty three. The narrator there. Yes. Right. Yes. 
Doesn't she have that voice? She has that vibe, right? So she could be a narrator, warm, you know, whatever. She just has that. You just, you know, she takes you along for the ride. I would like her to do the horse and buggy in uh, in New York and have her just talk to me about New York City. (laughs) There you go. There you go. She's got that voice, right? Yep. All right. Next up. Here we go. DP High School, Charger, Valeria. Guess what? Your uncle's in the house. He can't wait to hear what you got to say. Talk to me. Thanks, Erica. And hey, everyone. I'm Valeria Tibucio-Romo, back with this week's Charger Recap. Starting off with girls basketball, they played against Ventura on Saturday. The final score was 61-42. Unfortunately, the Chargers did not win. Then boys wrestling had an amazing tournament with Samuel Ramos placing second, Silas Peniman placing third, and Cody Pierce placing fifth, all in their respective weight classes. Then, boys basketball had a game against Crescepi High. Unfortunately, we lost the game with the final score of 76-49. to Then, girls basketball played against Rio Mesa. The girls took the win with the final score of 57-50. Then, boys wrestling had a match against Oxnard High School. The final score was 54-14, to the Chargers taking the win. Then, going back to boys basketball, they played against Rio Mesa. Unfortunately, the Chargers did not win the game with the final score of 61-74. to This week, girls water polo played against Ventura High School, and they took the win. The final score was 17-3. Then again, going back to boys basketball, they played against our crosstown rival, Santa Barbara. The game was pretty much tied all throughout the first half. But unfortunately, in the second half, our boys weren't able to pull through, and the final score was 64-51, to the Dons taking the win. And that is it for this week's Charger Recap. I'm Valeria Tiburcio-Romo, and I'll see y'all next week. Oh, wonderful. I meant to you. Chargers are killing it. They're doing great. 2023, I think it's going to be a Charger year. All right, now we got Sean Walters, Bishop Diego High School Cardinal. Sean, what's going on? Thank you so much, Erica. This is Bishop Diego High School senior Sean Walter signing on once again to give you the Bishop Diego High School sports recap. On Tuesday, our very own girls soccer team beat Thatcher 3-2 in a night game at Santa Barbara City College. Stud senior Sienna Urzua scored two goals and star sophomore Kyle Lily Penn scored one. They then went on to defeat our rival St. Bonaventure in a 5-0 league win game on Friday. Per usual, Kyle Lily Penn absolutely balled out as she added four goals and Sienna Urzua added one. Great job, girls. The girls weren't the only ones who found success though as the boys soccer team also defeated St. Bonaventure 2-1 in a close league game shootout. Thomas Gags and Roman Geiler each scored one goal in the game. Great job, guys. In our basketball news, unfortunately, our varsity boys basketball team fell short 80-60 versus San Ynez on Wednesday. They then went on to redeem themselves later in the week, though, as they went on the road and came back with a 67-64 league win over Thatcher. In the tight victory, Eddie Perez led the team with 18 points and Damian Crotman added 12. Great job, guys. The girls' varsity basketball team also claimed a 42-24 league win on Friday against Santa Clara. Star junior Galilea De La Cruz led the team with 15 points, and stud freshman Jamie Coronado added another 10. Amazing job, girls. Well, everyone, that's all I've got for your Bishop Sports recap. Please don't forget to tune in once again next week. This is Sean Walters signing off. Thank you, Sean. I love him. He's another one. They're all good. All right, San Marcos High School Royal Duet. Ambrose Partiz, Sammy Schaefer, 
What's going on? Thanks, Erica. It's Sammy and Ambrose here with your weekly sports update. Starting off with girls basketball, Michelle Ariana scored 15 points to lead San Marcos to a 58-13 Channel League win over Rhea Mesa last Saturday. Ellie Munson and Carly Nielsen contributed 8 points each. And last Tuesday night, our girls played their best game of the season and defeated Oxnard 61-57 to move into tie for first place with the Yellow Jackets and Pacifica. Coach Sims said, Our best game of the season. The offense was moving and scoring. Defense was solid and working together. Everyone played with their heart and hustle. Michelle Arianis led the Royals with 20 points, Mia Martinez scored 15 points, and Maria Shakova added 12 points. Great work, girls. Moving on to soccer, last Saturday, our boys beat Oxnard 2-0 on a rainy day in the Workington Stadium. Our Royals are now 8-0 in league. In the second half of the game, Justin Hess and Luke Sheffy outleaped the Oxnard goalkeeper and junior Javi Elias got to the falling ball first and put it away. The rain made it difficult for both teams to play balls on the ground, but the Royals, however, managed to make something happen on the ground to score a second goal in the last five minutes of the game. And last Tuesday, our boys beat Real Mesa 7-1. Tolly Knowles served up three assists in the first 15 minutes of the game. Knowles found Luke Sheffy on two separate runs and connected with Jose Ramirez. Lionel Olivo scored a 25-yard shot to the upper right corner, and Fabio Rosales scored a goal from outside the 18-yard box as well. Coach Paul McLean credits Tolly's assist as outstanding. He says Tolly played two balls more than 40 yards to Sheffy in stride as he burst through the back line and added one more to Jose. Tolly's passing is simply next level. He was the key to our fast start. Congrats, Tolly. After the half, Rosales scored again and junior Kevin Sanchez beat the goalkeeper with a beautiful shot from the left side to the bottom left corner. Our Royals are now 9-0 in league. That's all we have for you this week. Back to you, Erica. Thank you. They're another like little crusoe. They're magical. Yes. They're really good. You think there's something going on there? I don't know. No. I don't, I don't know. Friends. There's friends. Yeah. Yes. Well, I just wanted some gossip. Sports <laughs> 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 Radio, the love connection. <laughs> we'll start a new thing. There you uh, go. Speaking of love connection, before we go to break, um, Emily Urchison was going to be with us today, uh, but she had a, a conflict, so she's going to show up next week, and she's going to start a new, we're going to introduce a new um, section. section. Okay. Um, and also Ed Langlow is going to be back in the next couple of weeks as well. But Emily's, we named her section Emily's Love Letters. And she's part of this project and she's going to tell us all about it. Maybe we're going to want to all participate. And it's an old school way of connecting to our kids. And I think it's genius. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's kind of neat. Hey, go to mailbox. Get what? When do we, what do we get the mail? Like twice a month? <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you know you have something coming, we run to the mailbox. Oh, like fast snail mail. Yes. All flash passion snail mail where you're going to be connecting with kids and um, listen to a pen pal. Exactly. It's a pen pal. And it's you get to see the the plight where these boys and girls are going through. And then you get to pick which one you think that you can offer uh, words of wisdom. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. So she's going to start that next week. And um, she's going to she's already. uh, uh, letter writing with somebody right now and it's nice because you can um, share it and of course we're not going to divulge names but I think that's a good way for all of us to connect to somebody as well so that's what's going on but first off next up Huga stay with us
this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, this is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center, and I'm going to bring you a Hackett's Huga moment. So Huga is this wonderful, um, I'm going to call it cultural word that is expressing our combined human desire to have comfy, cozy friends, family, all the things in our life that really help us enjoy our life and also rejuvenate that adaptive energy that we need in order to deal with the stresses of life. So when we uh, lower the lighting to more like candlelight and firelight, and we have a warm cup of tea and a warm blanket and a good book, that gives you that sensation of a huga moment and spending time with good friends and, and family and so forth. So this quality of huga has to do with wellness and authenticity and sharing soulful moments. And in sharing soulful moments, I love to do storytelling. And I look for stories that come from various cultures all around the world because it shares a real beautiful heart quality. And it also, in storytelling, it kind of puts us all into a more like a childlike state. So um, I don't know if there are many, very many teens that might have heard a story called the, um, the Man Who Found the Gem. And it's an old tale. I suspect that it actually came probably out of uh, India, but it's an old story about a, a wanderer, a young, at this time, it was a young man, and he had heard a story that there was this gem of great priceless value that would, when you find this gem, it would give you wisdom. It would give you peace. And the legend was that once you found this gem, then you had to go out and share it because that was part of being able to keep it was that you had to share it with, with all peoples. So as a young man, he dug in this mine and he dug for a really, really long time, not knowing whether he would ever find the gem. And after a long time, when he was uh, exhausted and on a gloomy day, all of a sudden, he finally found the gem. And on the way, he found lots of smaller gems, but he set them all aside because he was looking for this great gem. So now he's found it and he has to go wander and share it because that's what the legend is. So he wandered in his land and in his land, when he talked to the people to share this gem of wisdom, the people said to him, uh, well, in, in um, a lot of Hindus follow a calendar where right now the age we're in is called Kala Yuga, and it's considered a dark age. And so the people at that time, they said, well, we're in the age of Kala Yuga. Come back to us when, you know, we're in the golden age. Then, you know, it'll be the right time for us to have the gem. And so he had to wander to other lands and he told stories of, you know, his struggles to, to find this gem. And the various people that he met, they all had different reasons about why it either wasn't the right time for them to have the gem or um, maybe the gem wasn't real. They heard a story about someone else had the gem or he was, you know, in uh, at that point, he was older in life and he was in older clothes and kind of, you know, raggedy and so forth. And um, well, you know, if he was better dressed, maybe they would receive it. Or how about could you polish the gem and maybe cut it in certain ways? I mean, everybody had all these 
reasons about why they, they couldn't accept the gem. So he was very sad and he wandered back to the land of the wise and he, and he met a wise man there. And the wise man said, oh, you need to realize that every person you've talked to, you have left one of the smaller gems with them. And that in your sharing of your love of humanity and your love of sharing wisdom, that you have left a gem of wisdom with every person that you've ever talked to. And then the wise man said, look at the stone. And when the wanderer pulled the stone out from his bag, the stone was now polished and it shone beautifully like it was cut by the most, you know, best diamond cutter. It was just amazing. And at this point, the wanderer was a wanderer no more. And he realized that he had, he had realized his purpose in life and he had great peace. So this is a bit of a um, strange kind of a telling because now you have to wonder um, what, what is the gem? I mean, was it really a stone? Can you imagine going around with a precious stone and somebody not wanting to accept a precious stone? But if you think of this beautiful gem as being the wise things that we all want to know in life, we all want to know how to be happy. How do I succeed in my education? How do I become a successful athlete? How do I do all the things that I want to do in life? And that wanting to know that depth of the wisdom, what makes me most successful, that is the, the precious gem that we are all seeking and digging for every single day. And then the idea that, but you don't get to keep your wisdom unless you share it. That's a very interesting concept. And um, I'm hoping that teens realize when you're going through your school experience, like say you read a really great book and then the teacher um, demands an assignment that you have to write a book report. That sharing of your understanding of the book now really ingrains the experience that you had with that story into your beingness. It becomes assimilated into your knowingness of the wisdom that you garnered from that book. So there's something really precious about sharing the wisdom in our life that we gain and that we actually get more from sharing wisdom together. So that is my beautiful Huga story. It's um, that we are all people trying to find that precious gem. And as you find the gems, share them. I don't have any expectations. And no expectations. That's the hook right there, guys. No expectations. Just get off on telling what you know and don't if it's not if it's not well received or received at all, or maybe look at it that you planted the seed, because I will say, especially I would say this last few, I think maybe when since I hit 60, I've reflected a lot on things that were told to me or whispered or heard of, which I didn't want to uh, attach myself to that because uh, the timing was wrong and it wasn't a, you know, a ooh-ha moment for me at the time. But yeah, it, it definitely manifested itself. And I'm like, well, why, why, didn't I, why didn't I see? Why didn't I believe? Why didn't I listen? I don't know. Dr. Amy. Well, I was just thinking, isn't that what we do at Teen Sports Radio? We share our wisdom with no expectations, with the hopes that it will support someone now or in the future. True. Absolutely. Dr. G. 
Yeah, actually, I was just thinking about uh, a gathering that we had last week at SB Cast. Um, a woman named Candace called us all together to do some storytelling. And just sitting, we had a little fire and just sitting there listening to each of the stories and how we kind of placed ourselves as if we were in the story with them, right? Like one woman was talking about um, being in a canoe and paddling and feeling her paddle hit what she thought might be alligators in the water and how we could just feel that somatically in our own bodies of like the fear and all of those things and how it, you know, it really does turn on our own neural networks. Right. And that's where, you know, where we're held in each other's, you know, we understand each other through our stories in that same way. So that's a beautiful who that to kind of match uh, my own experience last week. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, we got a minute. That's actually, I mean, the story was actually really, really cool. I never would have thought of it that way. Um, But it's true. Sometimes we expect too much from people when we, when we try to give and then we only disappoint ourselves. So it's better that, you know, if we can give some wisdom to somebody else without expecting anything, then, you know, nobody can hurt you. You're, you know, you got this. And so I think it's really important for people to realize that, you know, there's a lot of things out there that, you know, people might be good to you. Some people might be bad to you. But um, as long as you're good with yourself, then that's all that matters. And it took I me a say, long time to do that. Anthony, because you said this to me multiple times over the last five years. And when you say to me, I got you back and you got this, there's something about the power of when you say it. Because, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, you got this. Oh, yeah, I got this. You know, but when you say you got this. So in, in what you do in helping our kids, especially in suicide prevention, and you're available 24-7, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to really hold truth to kind of like this story is like an Anthony Rodriguez story because you're doing, you, you're put, totally putting your heart on the table. Yeah. So talk about that. Well, actually, you know, some let's let's well, you can say a few words before we go. No, I mean, I just I just really want people that that are listening to the show to realize, um, you know, just open themselves up to be able to accept something that's that's being given without, you know, without even thinking about it. Because I think we close ourselves off a lot and we don't allow ourselves to receive sometimes. And that definitely could affect us. So I think it's really important for us to give ourselves an opportunity to to allow somebody to give something back and just take it in and appreciate it. Nice. Beautiful. All right. Well, I want to get to Stephanie Forrester, but she has her own segment. So we're going to keep it here for Stephanie Forrester right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back. I'm Stephanie Forrester, our community activist. My son's first year of passing is coming up. He passed from a fentanyl overdose, which hundreds of people in our community are still overdosing. I'm involved 
with Project Opiate with Sheriff Brown and other leaders in our community. We all need to play a role to end this battle. I think we need more speakers. We need speakers to talk to our school and our educational programs. We need speakers for reform inmates that they can talk about their story about addiction. They need mothers like me that have lost their only child and reach out to our schools. This morning, I called Santa Barbara High School, and I was told that they've not had anybody come out and speak to, to the students. And, wow, as I know for a fact, one team was buying fentanyl right outside the MAD Academy. I've done a lot of research this weekend. We have a shortage of Adderall. The medication is used for ADD. Public Health in other states has, has issued an alert fake Adderall pills. John Doyle from Santa Barbara Behavioral Wellness is also sending out the message. Um, and I quote from Randy, Ray, uh, Randy Rouse, our mayor, um, we need to go straight to the problem, keep the politics and the governors out of it. Speaking with Bill Brown, I'm going to quote, we still do not have the final count for overdoses for 2022. I was shocked to hear him say, they're seeing Narcan being misused. One person gets high and the other one gives him the Narcan. Then they do the reverse role for each other. This is a role and people need to be accountable. Today, I got the privilege of speaking with Coroner Chad Beringer to see what information he could be. And I want to tell you to knock on wood, but there has been a small decrease in overall overdoses in Santa Barbara, but a small and knock on wood because they do not have the complete stats yet back. Um, he's not seeing the Adderall epidemic happening here, but it's really good to get that out there. Um, you know, and he also confirmed the Narcan game that they're playing, which is very concerning. Um, next week, I'll have some more information about getting some more movement into our community. And I think that most people are most likely to not look at the stats versus having the experience of losing somebody. So next week, I'm going to have some updates and I pr pray that I can get some movement and to help our community. And like a reminder, I need to say this could happen to anyone. No amount of warning is time enough to say to God goodbye to somebody you love. So how many we talked about this last week. What what was the dosage that your son was prescribed after he shattered his ankle? 180 sent home with COVID. Uh, so, with Vicodin. Uh, right. Oh, I'm so sorry with COVID. I'm so sorry he was sent home <laughs> with Vicodin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, it's funny because I look at this panel and I'm like, we've got it right here. We can set up a little task force, Teen Sports Radio. We've got the mother, we've got the MD, and we've got Anthony Rodriguez. And we call up Santa and Barbara. Dr. I gotta Jean. This. Of course, Dr. Jean. And we have um, uh, plenty of, uh, we've got a nice jail here. Okay. And I'm sure somebody is going to be get out, is out, is going to be able, you know, we put a little ankle on them, a little for a parole, like a dealer, you know, to get off on good behavior, just because they, it, that's really all it takes. And then we can go into the chemistry uh, lab and then and get some stuff that was just seized from the local police and test it. I mean, we just have show, to show, show the kids. The kids this hey, is what's going four on. Four out of 10 of these pills 
could kill you. And half of you, everybody here is going to try something. We know that already. That statistics have proved that. It's I went up to six out of 10 now. Six out of 10. Okay. And I just said 50 50. I mean, if anybody here in high school tried a pill, be honest. Okay. I did, Dominique. You would think this one over here would never have done it. You did it once. You know, so we've all, but that could have been the one. I know. I know. Dr. Amy. Well, first of all, Stephanie, I just want to say thank you for um, using your pain to um, protect others from pain. I know it's not easy. And second of all, I wanted to clarify a couple things that you said. So are you saying that because of the Adderall shortage, there is fake Adderall going around that's laced with fentanyl? That's what you're saying. Absolutely. In Columbus, Ohio, there are colleges, they've lost 18 kids to um, Adderall laced with fentanyl. People take Adderall when they, it's a speed, and they also take it to, to concentrate if they've got to study for a final. Um, I think because, you know, I've talked to some pharmacists, they're seeing people that they've never seen before come and get prescriptions for Adderall. When they normally know the normal people that come and get their Adderall, they're just as responsible as a doctor to report that. Right. So just one of the things for teens is it can be super tempting when you're behind on your homework, when you have a big project, whatever, to think, oh, I'm going to take some Adderall. I'm going to buy some Adderall on the street. I'm going to get one from a friend. And you just need to consider the risk of where those Adderalls are sourced from and that they could be deadly. And then Stephanie, I wanted to clarify one other thing, which was this thing where you're saying that the kids are taking opioids intentionally and then using Narcan to resuscitate each other almost like as a game is or like exactly. And they're taking the fentanyl and one says, okay, I've got my fentanyl. If you overdose, and I've heard this from our Bill Brown, and I also heard it from the coroner's office today. I spoke with the coroner's office and normally it's information they don't really like to give out, but I'm just telling you they're, they've reversed a lot of the stuff that, nar- that um, the Narcan is for. Okay. You do it. If you overdose, I've got my Narcan. And then next time we go out, you carry the Narcan. And if I overdose, you know, you give it to me. Right. So, so what you're happy. saying is that the Narcan kids are using Narcan as a false sense of safety Some and of that them. this is this is a high risk game. So I just am trying to emphasize the points that you want to make to the kids. And the two points are any Adderall that isn't prescribed by you and dispensed from a pharmacy has a risk of being laced with fentanyl and if you're doing fentanyl and then expecting your buddy to give you narcan both of those actions can be lethal yes yeah. exactly exactly and it's not so much that uh, these kids are think they're buying street drugs they think they're really buying the adderall you know so hey we got a lot to show all right let's keep it here we'll be right back
and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, this is Dr. Jean with drgenetherapy.com, and we are here with Stephanie Forrester, and we're talking about the effects of uh, fentanyl on our community. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is how you know, fentanyl and Adderall and, and just using substances in general, right? That they're they're so freely used um, when something feels difficult or hard. And I really want to stress that if you're finding that your anxiety or that you're struggling with depression or having a hard time keeping up, that there are so many professionals available to you. Um, you know, if your family has insurance or has Medi-Cal, there are therapists available. You can do telehealth. You can see counselors at school. There's just so many ways to access. I just really want to support people to go to professionals to deal with the anxiety of not being able to work, you know, in school, you know, being able to get your work done in school or any of those pressures. So that's just um, something that, you know, if anybody has questions or wants some support, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Amy. Um, Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Well, there's a big, I think the whole telehealth thing, I don't think I know just from talking to, um, a few people, Dominique's son is one of them. The telehealth, it was just a lot easier. I mean, that's how a lot of people that I know uh, started. It was during COVID. It was the telehealth. And I don't know, it was maybe three boxes instead of an actual big old interview and blood tests and everything like that. So they were getting it. And I don't think they expected this big reason why we have a shortage is because of the amount of prescriptions that were issued. Um, during so, that time. So, so more people have had access to professionals who have decided, yes, you could be helped by this. So um, there are wonderful uh, things that Adderall does do for people who have severe ADHD. And so um, it is part of our arsenal of helping people be successful in life. Um, but the uh, uh, let's see. But the uh, the a question that I had just real quick that I wanted to pass on culturally, uh, if you were in an indigenous community and you had an issue, you would go to a wise person who would then help you with your issue. You wouldn't just go to your brother or sister. You, you would seek out the wise counsel, and so that's what Dr. Jean and Dr. Amy are trying to explain to teens is that by contacting a professional and working with a professional, there is such an array of things that we can do to help you that it's not just limited to possibly the need of a prescription. But I wanted to address something. Maybe Dr. Amy, um, you could address this. In my family, um, which has uh, focused on alternative medicine, there's been a little bit of shaming Uh, when someone does decide that they need a prescription to either help with anxiety or, you know, an issue that uh, talk therapy didn't help out with and they couldn't balance it with diet or exercise and they actually, you know, needed to take a prescription. And so in our family, we've actually battled with not shaming someone for going and, and actually getting a prescription. Can you speak to this a little bit? Yeah, I think I'll just share a personal story. So I think everyone knows that I'm a holistic physician. And um, if I can care for someone, 
without medication, that's my preference. And this came up in my own family. I have a child with ADHD who has given me permission to tell their story. And um, I was actually quite reluctant to put them on medication. And so, uh, you know, I did a lot of supplements, mindfulness, of course. Um, and it wasn't until there was a day where uh, they forgot something at school. I took them back to school and they were in such a state that they turn around and slammed into a hole because they were just moving so fast. And at that point, I realized like this really is not working. And yes, there are side effects, potential side effects of going on to meds. However, there are also potential side effects of being off meds. And in my child's case, those side effects were low self-esteem and um, struggling and then kind of a secondary anxiety and depression and frustration. And it was not healthy for them. It was more healthy for them to be on meds than off of meds. And so I just think that we always think about like the side effects or the concerns of meds, and that's a, a legitimate concern. Um, but we don't often think about the side effects or the consequences of not being on meds, which again, kind of in the theme can range anywhere from like severe distress or minor distress to severe distress to, you know, suicidal thinking or suicidal action. And so I think when families and people are looking at these choices, they need to keep um, the risks and the benefits of both approaches in mind. And I would also say, going back to Dr. Jean's comment, that usually I don't like to see folks just take medications and not be doing something and receive some type of support to also be addressing the issues or if you have ADHD learning skills to manage things, et cetera. And Anthony has his hand up. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the fact that um, having any type of difficulties or mental health conditions, um, there's a stigma with it. And having to go to a doctor to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, there's a stigma with it. And that's that's one thing that I really think that we really have to focus on, too, is is letting people know that it's OK not to be OK. I mean, it it happens. You know, there, it's life. Some of us have difficulties uh, learning uh, things. You know, we learn differently and we have to realize that everybody is different. We have to have to really focus on telling people that. Um, there's nothing wrong with talking to somebody. It's very healthy to be talking to somebody. If every, anybody's struggling, well, you know what? There's a lot of people that struggle. It's not, it's not just you, you know, and ha having the, the stigma to this, it, it's, it's such a hard thing because we, we feel stuck, you know, that we can't say anything. We have to stay quiet and well, how's everybody going to look at us? Or if we have a job, you know, if we ask for a day off, you know, what are they going to say? Are they going to think bad? Am I going to lose my job? I mean, this is one thing that I spoke about uh, several years ago at the um, uh, Cal um, uh, California for Mental Health um, event. And, it, you know, the Kennedys were there, which I didn't know. I'll tell you that later. But um, it was really important for me. And that's one thing that I spoke about was uh, was that is that we have to stop having a stigma on mental health. We're going to do a little wrap up right after these messages. Anthony, thank you so, so much.
Talk, and this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, this is Dr. Amy Saltzman from Spot a Spider and Still Quiet Place. And I just wanted to add one thing to what Anthony said, which is I hope that at some point we get to the point where People with mental health are treated the same way we treat people with vision difficulties or diabetes or heart disease that, you know, this is something that you deal with and seek support for. And there's no judgment or no stigma about it. And Stephanie, I know you had something you wanted to add. This is Stephanie, um, our community activist. Um, I also want to say that, yes, counseling is great, but there's no somebody that's addicted to this fentanyl. There's no time. There's no time to map out seeing somebody. What we need is a medical detox center. We need to have recovery houses, resources to achieve the sobriety before they can reach out to somebody because there's no time. It's, 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 it's a deadly thing. You can't map it out. We need detox centers. We need that immediately. Dr. Jean. I was just thinking about your your question about the when there's not a lot of family support for mental health, you know, that usually there may be one other person might be extended family or somebody that you recognize that also struggles with mental health. And so sometimes it might be that you need to reach out to others in your extended family or even in your community just to ask how that experience was for them. And Stephanie, thank you for your, for your comments there, right? That there is, there are issues that require immediate help. um, And that's different than sort of getting that long-term engagement with a therapist or a professional, right? So having a balance of both in our community, I think is really important. Great. Stephanie, I want to close out and I want to say we've gotten close this last year and on the anniversary of your son, you know, I've, I, we've, we've really had a bond and I can't tell you how you've inspired me and taking um, on everything you've done. I know you're the only woman that I've known about that is standing up and talking about this and thank you. And the one thing I want to do is shift a little bit from another perspective of Adderall, um, I want us to be very, very careful because I've had a couple of conversations with kids, parents especially, because I think what you're going to find in the next three to five years, the amount of kids that are actually on it to increase their performance, okay? And you're not going to understand this, but you know, I've been talking to kids. I am the queen of teen. And when the baseball was coming in at 80 miles an hour, and it looks like a beach ball. Um, there's something I've never been on Adderall. I know anything about it, but when other people, however they're getting the Adderall, whether prescribed or not prescribed, and their performance is really, really increasing, and it's becoming like the number one weight loss drug too. So we have to be very, very careful. We've got 10 seconds left, Dr. Amy. Well, I was just going to say, if you want that same experience without the Adderall, then you can practice mindfulness. And there's an awesome book by... A baseball um, hitter that called finding stillness at 95 miles an hour. Thank you. And you're so right. The quick fix, be careful. Read all the books about getting off of Adderall or what it does to you for the long-term effects. Great show today, guys. We love our listeners. God bless you, Santa Barbara and the world. See you next week. I'm unstoppable.